mode do you like how general do you want for this it can just as general as you want it to be it can just be about you streaming like what you played in the past and everything yeah sure uh general info about me um well name is uh crowen i've been playing games for literally as long as i can remember um my dad was playing a lot of video games growing up so i kind of picked it up from there had aspirations of wanting to uh play a bit more competitively around when i started to get into like league of legends around like you know season two league um i kept playing league until uh this nifty tournament called Heroes of the Dorm came around. I got a couple of college friends um, to play in that, and we uh, went pretty well. And from there, I, you know, got really interested in it and continued on the path to uh, to wanting to be professional. From there, of course, Blizzard, uh, you know, 2018 and 2018, uh, pulled the axe on that one, and that was done. But I really still wanted to be competitive. Switched over to Team Fight Tactics, um, competed in that for a while, probably like a year and a half or so, until now, where I've made the transition very recently to want to be a uh, caster, commentator, and so I've been doing that. Um, as opposed, like, uh, I suppose besides for just gaming and stuff, other hobbies and interests, I'm really into D and D or Dungeons and Dragons. That's a big, big hobby of mine. Um, as well as, I suppose, writing. I like to write poetry uh, from time to time. Less so nowadays, but try to find some time. Yeah, that was great. Um, so you talked about how Heroes of the Storm. That was, I think that was actually the first time I heard of you, because I'd never yeah. really watched or played the game, but I would randomly had like watched one of the um, one of the tournaments of it, and you were in it. And then I remember when I was starting to get into TFT, you were actually streaming it. So I had that, like, recognition. I was like, oh, wait, I think I remember seeing him. Yeah. And then that was, like, easy for me to, like, go, go in and watch you. And then, so you said you were playing since you were a kid. What were some of, like, your favorite games? Ooh, favorite games growing up. I mean, I grew up a big fan of a lot of Blizzard games. Like, um, I even played, like, Diablo 1, but Diablo 2 was a, was a big one. Um, even, like... One of the earliest games I remember playing was like Warcraft 2 as well. <laughs> uh, way back when. Oh man, what else? I played a bunch of random games. There was yeah. um, like random MMOs that I would play. Um, obviously like RuneScape. Like mm-hmm. you know, I spent my fair share of time there. Um, there was even like some... I'm like pretty bad at FPS games. So even like a FPS game called Soldier Front. That was like very niche. Not a lot of people probably heard of it. But um, played that as well. Uh, I see. You know, got into World of Warcraft mm-hmm. uh, eventually, and spent a lot of my life um, mainly in like the Wrath of the Lich King era, so like 2008, 2009, um, 2010, I guess, like range there. Yeah. Played a lot of World of Warcraft, but yeah, it was just a uh, just a lot, a lot of different games. Yeah, um, I never got in. I played Warcraft two a little bit when in high school. I had a game development class, and that teacher, he, he, we did, like, Warcraft 2 Fridays, because he was, like, insane yeah. at it, and he would just beat all of us, and he we did that <laughs> in, like, Dungeons and Dragons with him. He was a cool teacher. Oh, that's dope, yeah. yeah. That'd be great to have a teacher like that. Yeah, that. It, was, it was cool. He even, like, set up his own server and everything so he could go out of the school's firewalls. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> that's super cool. <laughs> Um, all right, and then so we got your favorite games. What's your favorite moment as a pro player, whether it be a Hots, Tia, or TFT, either one? 
Uh, favorite moment as a pro player? I mean, I guess there's two that come to mind. Um, one when I first, oh, actually, I guess it's three that come to mind. Um, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll quickly go through those. There's, I guess, in chronological order. Um, 2016, uh, I first qualified for uh, my first LAN tournament. It was uh, qualifying for DreamHack Austin in yeah in 2016. I'm just first being able to, you know, get on on a good team and like win. It was like finally bridging that gap of like what I had uh, what I had aspired to to do for so long, but it finally became like tangible. It was like actual meaningful progress of of achieving my goals my dreams etc like i literally after like i qualified like after that the last game i like just like sat back in my chair and just like cried like the moment like meant uh it meant, meant a lot to me um that's awesome because it's yeah what i've been working towards what i had been working towards for uh for a long time um second moment being when i uh won my first um won my first land tournament it was uh i think 2017 um, no, I actually it was still in 2016 at that point. Yeah, it was 2016. I think it was a uh, some Burbank. It was a just NA regional tournament. Uh, ended up winning and with winning qualified for um qualified for international like mid season tournament uh in Sweden. So there's a lot of implications there, but I won't. Uh, I'll never forget kind of like being able to just like you know after winning walk up the stage and like hoist like the trophy. It mm-hmm. was also a very meaningful moment. Yeah, like being able to. Like there's a difference, like say like winning tournaments online and stuff, but, like being able to like fit, like physically be there, like having the crowd, like you know, cheering mm-hmm. on and shit. All that hype. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's a lot of emotions, and like the hype is is very infectious. Like you're hyped for winning, the crowd's hype, and it just like builds off of each other. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was it was it was very very nice. And then being able to, um, not only qualify for BlizzCon, but I guess like the moment like stepping out on like the BlizzCon stage to compete. It's like sure that tournament that I won, um, that like reg- NA regional tournament was maybe a crowd of like I don't know like fifty to a hundred or something, but like BlizzCon stage crowd like that's a whole another beast entirely. And being able to like you know compete at the literal like world championship, mm-hmm. among, like, the best teams in the world like that, um, that's like what everyone strives towards as a competitive player. That's the peak yeah, level definitely. of competition. So. Being able to walk out on the stage and see everyone like there to support and everyone like looking up to to you and wanting just to see some good games. It's like yeah, that's that's what it all comes down to. Yeah, that's hard to top. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And and three. What's been your favorite as a caster so far? Because I know you're still newer into casting. I mean, you've been yeah. doing fight nights for quite a bit, but mm-hmm. switching into like full time casting now. That's been what's been your favorite moment so far. Hmm, favorite moment so far. I think uh, the moment that will stick out to me is actually like, before I had made the the transition to really want to do it uh, full time. But you know, I'd be doing uh, fight nights kind of as like a for fun thing. Like I didn't really obviously like I tried to like you know do well, but I wasn't taking it like super super seriously. I wasn't like trying like super hard to improve because I was still a pro player. But mm-hmm. I, I casted an event. I'm not sure exactly what event it was, but it was some tournament that I got to cast alongside Doa. I mean, obviously, Doa being a fucking legend. Yeah, of, definitely. Uh, you know, esports <laughs> casting has cast every single game under the sun, besides like, or every single genre under the sun, besides like fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, but he actually reached out to me um, after that, um, after that tournament that we cast together, and he was like, "Hey, dude, like, 
I think you're like a natural like casting with you is like super easy and I was like oh shit like Doa like is yeah of all people me yeah like that's like it puts a whole other perspective on it it's like yeah this thing I was doing for fun apparently I'm like pretty good at it naturally like imagine if I'd actually taken the time to you know improve and and, and study up and like want to try to be like the best caster that I can be like where mm-hmm. can I go from there right yeah. Um, so that moment, I think, has definitely been my favorite and was a big factor in me wanting to actually pursue it full time. How long ago did you say? Like, what tournament was it specifically? Do you remember? Uh, I, I don't remember specifically what tournament it was. I, I think it uh, I, I actually don't remember. I don't remember what tournament it was, but it was about um, it was actually about a year ago at this point. It was like, oh, okay. uh, yeah, I think it was like April last year. Yeah, so you were still yeah. in the full, like, pro player mindset. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, cool. I was, like, doing it as a, you know, casting as a, as a side thing, and I, you know, enjoyed doing it enough to continue on as a side thing, and then I yeah. got the opportunity, Um, and, yeah, that was super meaningful. Do you think that casting made you a better TFT pro? Because you were kind of known as, like, a tournament player more so than, yeah. like, a ladder player. Do you think being able to cast and see all these different perspectives, do you think that helped you play better in tournaments? Hmm, that's an interesting question. I think uh, a little bit. I'm not sure how much was like actively, like I was actively trying to look for it as improvements, but I think passively, definitely. Once you see a bunch of players and their playstyles and perspectives, like you get a better grasp of just like TFT in general. And TFT mm-hmm. is a game where like you can take so many different playstyles and you know change them up ever so slightly, but it makes a big difference. So like yeah. all, seeing all those slight nuances, I, I think uh, week in and week out, um, I think probably had a bit of. Um, it probably had a bit of an impact on me, yeah. Yeah, that's even cool. if I didn't like actively think about it too, yeah. too much. Um, and then when did you start like streaming or like creating content? Was it like early hot days? Was it kind of in the middle? And then what was yeah. kind of like your peak of like streaming? It was uh, it was early hot days. Um, I started streaming, um, for fun. Enjoyed it a lot. I think it was yeah, but it was before I started playing professionally that I started streaming. But it was mm-hmm. like around that same like time frame i remember you know like getting like partnered was you know like a, a big thing initially yeah. i was like back in 2016 yeah i guess going like five years now wow uh, impressive yeah because <laughs> i i'm like oftentimes at least especially nowadays i mean inconsistent with my streaming um <laughs> so i guess my my peak of streaming was probably in, like the late here's the storm days mm-hmm. i guess i equate it to like like my highest like sub count was and it was I don't know, like around like 400 or something like in like the the late hot days yeah it's interesting because in like tft like a lot of times it really was like your tft career was just like you streaming like solo queue um, yeah just like streaming ladder games and it was weird for me because i've never really been like a full like ladder grinder like as you noted of course i'm a mm-hmm. very like tournament focused player i take like ladder and i just use it as practice for for tournaments and i think that's you know that mindset is is why I was pretty consistent in tournaments, even if like I didn't win that many, but I still like got in the finals of like almost every single thing that I competed in. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I guess it was it was a weird transition there to transition from a team game where I just like played solo queue and streamed purely to practice, as opposed to like it being my main main thing. Yeah. I guess it was like a lot of actually looking thinking back on it, it was a lot of like pressure, streaming being like the little like only thing that I was or feeling like it was one of like the only thing that I was doing. Yeah, especially a lot of times when ladder play and TFT is so important to a lot yeah. of times to even qualify for some of these tournaments, and it feels like yeah, you add streaming on top of that, like that can just be just a whole lot of stress. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 
this is a segment of this one. How do you, how are you able to balance like your casting um, when you do stream and when you were being a pro with like your normal life? How are you able to find that balance? <laughs> I've been bad at balancing, I think, for a lot of uh, a lot of my life. Especially, uh-huh. and I'm pretty I'm pretty open about it. So I don't know if you want to include it or not, but I've, I've like been going to therapy for about like a year now. And something I did want to work on a lot is that balance because I recognized back when I competed in Heroes of the Storm. Um, there was a point where I was in college, like doing college, like a full-time student while streaming, while competing, um, having a relationship at the time and just trying to like exist as a person, like eat food, take care yeah. of myself. And it was, it was rough. I think it definitely, it, it took a toll on me. So, I mean, it got easier after graduating school, um, having to balance those things, I guess a uh, part of me. I have to say, yeah, again, I didn't balance it well. I've been very, like, almost one-track mind, like, oriented. I'm very, like, tunnel visioning when it comes to, like, competing and gaming, and, like, that that takes precedence as opposed to, like, everything else. Like, I just want to, like, you know, compete. I just want to win. I just want to get better, improve yeah. at whatever I'm doing. So I think that's kind of just, like, my my way of, of going about things, but I recognize it does take away from um from life and from you know, balancing things. So steps that I've made to try to balance that is uh, that something I've learned in therapy is to like constantly like, check in with myself being like, see, like, are there things like I'm, I'm putting off like other things that, like I, I should be doing? Like, how am I feeling today? Like, am I, you know, like burnt out? Do I need to like, just like, basically consistently like checking with yourself and asking like, how am I doing and balancing things? And if you recognize that you're not like what small steps can you make to try to improve that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great, because I feel like a lot of streamers or pro players, like, a lot of times, like how you said earlier in your, like, pro career, like, that was something that you weren't really able to do, and you were just focusing on pro play. I know something that I do a lot is I I write in my journal, and that's Mm -hmm. something, just to be able to, like, see it physically on paper of, like, writing down, okay, this is how I am right now. Oh, yeah. And then it's able to then reset myself, and then that helps me a lot. Definitely. There's, uh, I think writing, as you mentioned, is, is a good thing that I've, uh, I personally, like, I, I do to some extent in coming, and going to the balancing things, like, I've been writing a, a to-do list, as, like, simple as it sounds, but it's, like, really helped me, because I never used to do that before. Yeah. Um, Just, like, having things, like, tangibly being there, um, being able to, like, organize it, I guess, in that way, but even just writing it stuff down in general, just to better, like, understand, like, being able to, to see it in a different light is, mm-hmm. is really helpful to people. Yeah, no, stuff's like that's great. I remember um, someone told me that what they did, they did a to-do list, and basically they had stuff that, like, the very attainable things that they can do, like, make their bed, shower, like, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then they did, okay, if they're having a good day, this is a little bit more. And then they had an even oh, yeah. better day, like, this is, like, how, and then, it, like, they had, like, little layered tiers. But at least they would always try to do, like, the general stuff every single yeah. day. Uh, and they I think said, that's great. Yeah, having that balance, they said, really helped them. Mm-hmm, definitely because sometimes like some days it's like a it's a success to even just like get up and like make food right like it's, yeah it's definitely like in the day and yeah, if you're, like, as you said like you're having a good day you can achieve more and it's always like uh, recently i've been liking to like start very small but even when i start small i like i don't know like i go make food or like i shower or something like it gets me more in the mood i guess like more like motivated to actually accomplish like slightly bigger things slightly bigger things but it's just mm-hmm. like this the, actually starting on something that, that that starts that process yeah stuff like that's great because i feel like um like you're one of the few like streamers and pro players that i would watch that was very open about their mental health which i love talking about 
Yeah. Um, and I feel like so many people like, obviously, which understandably they're scared to talk about it or they're scared to acknowledge it. And I feel like one of the biggest steps is just like acknowledging it and seeing that, okay, like there are things I can improve upon within myself mm-hmm. and um, that can help them just be a lot better and everything. Yeah. I think it's really important because some people can like passively, I, I guess, just like get by, by not really paying too much mind to it just because they happen to be doing things like works for them. Yeah. But oftentimes people like fall into like situations where like, yeah, it's, pretty bad and taking a toll and then choosing to ignore it on top of that like it just makes it even worse so, mm-hmm, definitely know, where it gets to a lot of bad situations so people like you know experience burnout or like a lot of just like negative mental health related mm-hmm. um yeah just like being depressed etc like there's so many things yeah and then i know you said you don't really you've been pretty irregular with streaming um is that something that you would like to be more consistent with or are you just trying to be more so on that caster side yeah, I, I mean, I think optimally I would like to be more consistent in that regard. I, I noticed that, like, I had made a goal for myself a, a bit ago that's like, okay, I'll stream, like, a, a couple times or, like, a few times a week. But I don't know. I don't really, like, feel the need to at this point. So I guess I'm kind of just, like, recharging until I feel like I really want to go pursue streaming mm-hmm. more. I'm a lot, a lot of the times now just, like, focusing on you know doing doing the casting thing and i'm not only casting tft of course i'm still like dabbling into other games as well like i've been casting here's the storm and i'm mm-hmm. actually gonna be casting like one of the, the the here's the storm like only competitive thing they have really right now or one of the only things is the the ccl um um and i've been doing like their pre-season like exhibition tournaments mm-hmm. casting that as well as casting uh, a lot of people recently have been getting into eternal return uh, black survival you're yeah. basically like a, a moba br game and i've been casting that as well so it's been trying to just like balance all of that and, and get to a point where i'm like comfortable with being a caster i suppose mm-hmm. when i'll like you know go back and be like okay i can dedicate more time to you know streaming now and i've been thinking of like how i can incorporate casting into streaming so if i want to like do like co-streams of something or you know i've been kind of experimenting with those thoughts wanting to you know i want to create the best content and it's hard I think for me as well, because if I think about what my success has been being a streamer, it's because I've been a pro player. Like it's because like a lot of the draw, at least what I think a lot of the draws people watching me is like because I'm a good player. Obviously, still like some people like just like my personality and like you know community and stuff. But I like get almost like worried or uncomfortable with like me just like streaming some random game that I'm not like good at. Yeah, <laughs> it, it feels weird to do so. So. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to make that transition into just, like, content creator and not just, like, pro player and everything. Um, but I like the idea of your, like, co-streams and, like, like watch parties or something of, yeah. like, a game you watch. Because that also can transition really well into, like, YouTube content. Like, you just, yeah. like, cut a game, like, out and post it, like, on your YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of one of the best ways to... Because, like, obviously, if you make that transition to content creation... Like, I know Doa, he's been making his YouTube videos again... Um, about the galaxy brain videos oh yeah where he just goes great. over yeah where he goes over videos with like socks and um, i know he did one with robin recently um and like that's something that like i think that's a good way for casters to kind of do it and then you're kind of still in that mindset of pro player that's, that's like what you know and everything so it's hard mm-hmm. i get it yeah exactly that's all i've known for the past like five six years of my life so mm-hmm. it's yeah like, hard to transition away from that and be comfortable with everything that that comes in that uh, well, kind of transition yeah one thing i've noticed at least like with your streams is a lot of it it seems like a lot of people like watch you for you and it doesn't necessarily like it doesn't seem to be for the game 
like i see a lot of the same people in your streams like even if i'm just lurking or anything i see a lot of yeah. the similar people and a lot of them just seem like very much more community based which is great yeah definitely there 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 is that like loyal bunch of people who like you know have followed me for a while and follow me with kind of like whatever i, I go to yeah i'm definitely mm-hmm. like very thankful of that and getting to tft you know there's like new people i saw in my streams like every day like and starting to, to stream tft and they've kind of uh, some of them have come to be that sort of same family same community as well and so mm-hmm. it's it's i suppose hard for me to i guess like i want to say value that appropriately like i do like logically like understand that like there are people who 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 will watch me just for me but i have these like expectations of myself and what like content that i want to provide like I, I want to be you know obviously someone that people enjoy watching and can yeah. identify with you know personally if you're just like you know a chill background stream which i am for some people for sure um but i do want to be like giving good content in terms of like gameplay wise as well it's yeah just, that's fair yeah, it's kind of like a mental block for me a little bit definitely and, and moving away from that yeah it's that's just stuff like that's just simple to get over um and then talking about return to return do you think that's a game that can catch on in na enough to get like kind of a niche esports similar to like kind of how tft has or even that hots had or has still kind of yeah um yeah i mean hots had definitely like something way more because it was like yeah blizzard sponsored nowadays mm-hmm. it's you know not blizzard involvement um yeah, so it's very more in that that niche zone and i think if eternal return um would have anything it would be a kind of more niche thing. I guess I'll think of it maybe as like battle right of a comparison. Yeah. Oh, uh, and battle right like actually had stuff going on. I actually, as disappointing as it might be, because I love the game, I think it'll be hard for uh, Eternal Return to really catch on. Um, the NA audience for it just isn't there. Like it's it's pretty big in in Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it really hasn't caught on in NA. Um, to the point where it would need like Scara, someone who's you know been a fan of you know a whole bunch of games and obviously like scar had a big involvement in, in tft definitely scar has yeah. been streaming a lot of uh, eternal return recently and i think kind of like saving eternal return at least like the nac kind of because of that i don't know yeah, like, it, yeah his his streams actually brought me back to eternal because i would watch you play it but i didn't really watch anyone else play it and that kind of yeah. brought me back it's like okay maybe i will just give this game another try mm-hmm. um also this one's mostly for me but do you have any general tips on how to get better i'm really bad at the game yeah, total return. Yeah, I think just like focus on. Uh, I would say focus on different things at first, because it's easy, or I guess it, it's it's easy to go into the game and get really lost with like, okay, I have to do like this, 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 like so many things. Mm-hmm. I'd say like, if you want to learn a character, like just play that one. Get like get your route down like uh, first. Like say, okay, I'm gonna go here, get my build online. Sure, I'm gonna run it down a few games just to like learn my build, get comfortable with that. And then once you get comfortable with that, be like, okay, what food can I make on that route? And then after you get comfortable with that, it's like, okay, if my route's doomed, what, like, variations can I make? Like, can I start somewhere else? If, like, this zone has no loot, like, can I go somewhere else? Mm-hmm. And um, you start, like, just building upon different niches um, after you've, like, got one down, uh, I would say. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll definitely take that note, take those notes because I'm quite bad at that game. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it is your prep going into the game and uh, as opposed to just, like, you know, in-game play. Okay, great. Um, all right, switching back to TFT, um, what do you think TFT needs to improve on from a competitive standpoint? Um, having more meaningful tournaments. Like, yeah. 
um it wasn't like this past series of like the four na qualifiers and like the big na regional qualifier was like i think it was great and it was a huge step but those qualifiers like didn't matter for a lot of players is like they were just gonna qualify from ladder regardless so yeah. if you're gonna have a tournament like make it matter for mm-hmm. everybody I-, I would say um but i think it's definitely a big step in, in the right direction from what we've seen in the, in the past um of course obviously like the whole eu scene like eu had like maybe one or two weeks of stuff that actually mattered yeah so, you know being more transparent about what like the game plan is moving forward i think is is huge for a lot of players as well making it actually like a viable thing for people to want to like pursue is um can be huge because obviously that's how you get like a better scene people wanting to dedicate all their time to it um as opposed to just doing it for like a, a side thing yeah, definitely. if you compete in TFT, like you're not winning stuff, like you're not really making any money if you're not like sponsored. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to have a sustainable esport that way. I know one thing that I thought would at least be really cool that we could come to TFT is because there is such a huge player base that's at least like Masters Plus or like High Diamond area is do like an almost pop up tournaments, kind of like how Fortnite would do their pop up tournaments. Yeah. Do something like that, and players who are above the certain ranking can like do it and then have like a weekend worth of games and everything and then if they do well then they can either move on to an actual like official tournament or maybe they can even get like a smaller payout depending on where they place and everything like top 20 players can get a payout for however what the tournament was and obviously if it's like smaller like little papa tournaments doesn't need much money but if that has possibility into more official tournaments then that can then segue into like the bigger prize pools and everything oh yeah definitely i think, I think that's a great idea actually i think that would uh tft would, would do well to have things like that yeah, because I think, I don't know, like, too many set tournaments and everything. It would, a lot of times you would see a lot of the same players. But I think with, like, pop-ups, that would also bring a lot of more people streaming it, a lot of more people coming in and watching it and everything. And, like, what are those underdog, like, diamond ma- diamond or low master players end up playing, having a really great weekend, just high rolls like crazy, then they can end up winning it and going something to, yeah. like, a little something bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really exciting for the scene. Even just like thinking about like the the last call qualifier, like seeding into the any regional that just happened. Like there's yeah. a couple of players who made it pretty far. Uh, Jirachi, they did an Otter Bear as well, made it like decently far. I believe Jirachi almost like, qualified for the final day, but like, yeah, they were really close. Yeah, definitely. That's, um, like, that's like huge when it comes to implications of like, hey, you can you know have your your chance going through um not like the traditional like ladder or like regional qualifiers, but to like make a really good run. That's like a very exciting like hype like storyline. Yeah, it's always great to root for the underdog, especially when yeah. you're so used to seeing like the DQAs, the socks, and everything. But being able to yeah. root for that like lower end person, like oh hey like i've seen that player in my games like they're not ranked at the highest top of the ladder but like i've seen them like a couple times which is great like that's someone to root for yeah definitely um and then who do you have winning worlds like is socks just like your go-to or do you have someone a little bit different um uh, ooh, winning worlds i mean some of the i'd have to actually look i haven't uh yet looked at everyone who's competing in worlds so i have to sit down and look at that list i know uh-huh. of the eu players are really really good um i if if casey double had made it i would have them probably but they didn't make it so yeah worlds, unfortunately um i think out of na of course socks is i would say the favorite he's just plays dft on another level than uh, other players um most of the time if he has like a really low roll day sure he can get punished for mm-hmm. it but he, he's one of the players who like it's very unlikely that socks will have a full day of low rolling because he is just so like 
I guess you, you just associate socks like flexible, right? Like yeah, definitely. He, he doesn't like he doesn't just crouch on one style. He's able to play like a whole bunch of different things, and he's very good at that. Um, so he'll be able to like usually outplay other players who try to play that style. Mm-hmm. And then, what's been your favorite set so far? That can either be the one you just enjoyed from like an enjoyment standpoint or like competitive balance. Like, what's been your favorite so far? Yeah, I think. Well, I know my least favorite set is definitely set two. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess my my favorite one. I like set one a lot for the nostalgia factor of it. Yeah. But it definitely like wasn't an amazing set objectively mm-hmm. so i'd have to say set three uh i think like set four is nice at the beginning but the chosen mechanic i think is like mm, kind of meh from a competitive standpoint definitely yeah yeah a lot, a lot of pro players at this point are definitely very over it um very yeah, much set, set five waiting room yeah definitely for a lot of people but i, I think uh set three because i really like the the galaxy uh mechanic i think having you know going into a game and shifting how you play it just from the start is, um, I think, really, really nice. Mm-hmm. It promotes, like, not only having just one specific style of play that you crutch on, but say you've got, like, a, you know, a four-cost galaxy. Like, that had its problems, right? But, like, the concept of it is, like, really nice because it completely changes, like, how you um, approach the game fundamentally. Yeah. And I think it's part of the reason why, like, uh, well, I don't like, you know, set four as much right now because Chosen Mechanic, I love, like, Lucky Lanterns. I think that adds such an interesting element that to is great. TFT. Yeah. And I, I hope they, they come back with something similar in the future. But, yeah, I, I really like the Galaxy Mechanic of, of set three and think the units and the synergies were pretty solid as well, just overall. Yeah, I think if they, like, use, like, some of the best galaxies... Like, if they just, like, had, a, like, three to five of the best galaxies, and then they transfer them over into set five, like, I don't think a lot of players would mind that. Like, with yeah. whatever, any sort of mechanic, because I think that's something that could be very transferable. Because it can make every game feel different, especially if you're just, like, on solo queue all day. Definitely. Yeah, it creates the added, like, excitement, I guess. And yeah. also just, like, it makes people think about the game differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would like that. Um, what are some things you would like to prove when you're casting, whether it be at TFT or HOTS? Like, what's something that you think you need to work on? Uh, ooh, I think I need to work on a lot of stuff, actually. <laughs> um, I think I've gotten a lot better in the past, I don't know, like, three, six months or so. But, um, after casting with people, I, I reached out to say, like, uh, like, Joe and asked for a lot of advice. And I think, generally, my tone is kind of like i don't know i guess i would say like monotone like it doesn't really match um like what i say doesn't really match like the 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 emotion i'm like trying to convey so if i say like oh like i'm really excited for this thing like it doesn't sound like really excited uh, Mm -hmm. for it so just trying to be more aware of my my tone and how things um come out Mm -hmm. as well as uh, i think i mean there's so many things um being able to drive a narrative that's exciting because say in tft like in, in fight nights sometimes ob- optimally like you'd want the the first like who's gonna win to be like the the main you know narrative the main um like thing to to, to want to hype up but sometimes you know like who's gonna win after the third game like it's, yeah okay, it's person 31 but it's like find and create a narrative that's exciting and compelling to people i've mm-hmm. uh, been working on a lot but yeah should need to get better at as well um i think i have like some crutch phrases that i that i uh, hang on to like transitional things like if it's on the board i'm like okay on board with you know x y and z person here it's like i can do like transitional phrases uh better there's like so many small nuances mm-hmm. um but uh I'm trying to think of some others what are some others um 
I think uh, straining or, or trying to go away from like using like I, I think is actually like a, a good thing in, in casting, especially from being a, a pro player, I can approach, say like someone in TFT made a big board transition at 4-1. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying like, oh, like I would have done like this, this, and this here, I think like the point isn't really about like me. Like I'm, I'm trying to, you know, um, I guess uh, I'm trying to enhance what the viewers are, are are seeing on board with like this person, trying to connect them to the to the player. So I could say like, oh, like other players like may have done like X, Y, or Z. Like what another option could have been is like to do this, but to like stray away from using like the like I, because it's like interjecting myself in a place where I don't really think. Is, mm-hmm. is needed or like really really belongs and like sure i guess like i could get away with doing that because like i have a reputation of like being a good player but yeah uh, it's like not really it feels like kind of tacky to me um i suppose so i'm trying to be more aware of about that yeah i better keep that object objectiveness in yeah, it yeah 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 um yeah there's probably a few that i'm not really thinking about hand but yeah those are a few yeah, and then have you ever, like, gone back and watched some of, like, the VODs of you casting to try to, like, pick on, oh, like, I could have done this better, or is it better just to be like, okay, like, I think it's better for me? Like, this is, like, stuff, like, people maybe want to get into casting, like, maybe something that they can do is, like, either, okay, go back and watch the VODs, or just think of after, it was like, okay, how was that? What can I improve on immediately? Um, I think both, like, after being like, okay, what did I actually notice? And mm-hmm. I think it's actually good, very important to do both, because after a cast... It's easy to pick up on like large things that you say you may have like messed up on or you wanted to improve on, but once you go back and watch, like you'll pick up on a lot of things that actually like happened or, or things that um you could have improved upon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think you'll you'll realize those a lot uh, easier with already having the basis of like okay, I think you know things A, B, and C I need to work on. So you're like, all right, I'm good. But you go back and like, oh, things you know D, E, and F actually like were a thing too and and that like kind of surprises you but also like makes it uh more clear that you need to be actively aware of it because you didn't mm-hmm. pick up on it immediately um so being like actively aware of what you you need to be improving on in casting is is a big deal and i, I could be doing i could do that more i probably should do that more even because I, mm-hmm. I do it very rarely right now but um yeah it's definitely important to do i think yeah cool that's great um, I recently saw a tweet from Gangly, who's been around the TFT scene even more so lately yeah. with a lot of his stuff. Um, he made this tweet yesterday, and he was talking about the marketability of competitive TFT and how do you like of TFT players um, marketing themselves better? Because you look at a lot of TFT players, like they do actually get a lot of live viewers on Twitch, but they're very you don't see them much on Twitter. They kind of just like are on Discord. Or yeah. if they're not streaming and stuff, do you think that's something that's actually hurting TFT as a game and maybe their own brand as the players? Like, do you think the players need to do better at marketing themselves? Uh, definitely. I think in almost any esport, there's room for improvement when it comes to players, you know, branding and marketing themselves uh, actively. But it's also kind of hard because, like, as a pro player, at least in my experience, mm-hmm. um, it's you're not really thinking about that stuff. You're thinking about like, okay, I want to play the game the best that I can. I want to, you know, improve. It's yeah um but it, it does kind of hurt your chances in the future and i think there's a good balance to to find as a competitive player of like how do i you know grow my socials like i you know tweet at least like once every day or like try to you know uh, interact with you know whatever else like try to direct people to like your twitter more like mm-hmm. uh, there's definitely a lot of uh room there that can help more people reach your content help more people reach uh, tft which will in turn help the scene will in turn help your chances of like transitioning to another game um, like the, I think one of the 
main even like only reasons that i was able to transition from years of the storm to tft and get signed by cloud nine is because like i had a sort of like you know i, I streamed i had like a, a a brand around me like i had you know a decent like twitter following um i was like one of the more recognizable players in the Heroes of the Storm scene. Yeah. And obviously, like, all of TFT is just streaming, so it's already, like, a good basis there because not a lot of HOTS players actually, like, streamed. Um, so having that was, like, a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. But in, in, even in TFT, there's, you know, definitely room for improvement in terms of so other social media reach, like Twitter, Instagram, et cetera. Like, all of that really does uh, matter, I think. Especially nowadays when organizations look at a player not only in how good they are, but in how much they can help the brand. Yeah, they look at not only like how well they're doing like in their tournaments what's looking at okay how many how much are they streaming how well are their streams like what's their twitter following like how's their community stuff like that even something as small as like if you're like um if your chat isn't exactly well handled and if you're not if you're trying to be signed then that can actually be a detriment to you and i don't think a lot of pro players acknowledge that Mm-hmm. is Definitely. like like from their own brand is like their chat is actually a huge part of their own brand yeah it's a reflection of kind of like the streamer and it's kind of brand risk of chats you know yeah <laughs> spam and hydras <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there's yeah no there's definitely uh some weight there mm-hmm. yeah i just thought that was great because i know you transitioned relatively smoothly over to tft and uh, that I figured that was some that was definitely a major part of it is because you already oh. had like a relatively set brand and I noticed like when a lot of pro players like if they when they stop and then they try to switch over to streaming and it just doesn't work out for them because like they're not they're not a pro anymore so and that's why a lot of players did watch yeah. them like how you mentioned earlier you have that block of like okay I'm not a pro player anymore like should I should I be streaming and everything still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, like, in any game, like, they struggle with that. Like, you see League players all the time when they retire. Like, they try to get into content creation, but it doesn't work out for them. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, the examples of, of people who, like, it does work, so, like, sneaky, like, double lift. Obviously, like, they're, like, main staples, but, you know, they had that brand. They yeah. were streaming consistently, so they're able to now that they're, you know, retired. And sneaky can, still, like, play whatever. Double lift still does a lot of League stuff, but they, they, they have that to be able to transition with. So you should always, as a competitive player, be, like, thinking about like what you're going to be doing in like a- after you you stop being a pro player and that's mm-hmm. something that um <laughs> randomly when i was in hot i think i was in a tournament in poland and i was at a twitch party and i was talking to someone um i think they worked at esl at the time but it was some like someone older they worked in the esports industry and like that's a bit of advice they gave me that really stuck with me is like what's my transition going to be and i'm like you know i've like passively thought about it but i wasn't making any active steps to yeah. like um really prepare for for that and even in terms of like after that I'm like oh okay i reached out to say blizzard and was like okay like after you know i'm not thinking about retiring anytime soon but once i do could there be like a a future for me like in i mean i'm an english major so i'd like in like the the communications mm-hmm. or like you know pr or, like anything like that department and they were pretty like receptive to that and they they liked you know obviously i was a you know good um you know, pro player and and you know, was um uh, I guess like likable person I suppose like I I had a, a decent brand so they're you know definitely super interested and willing to work with me in the future uh, for that and just in just that initial reaching out phase. That's great. Yeah, stuff like that. I think a lot of pro players like kind of need to a little bit better because like yeah. they're so they're doing so well during like their time as a pro, but they're not always thinking about what's after and then after like okay, what do I do now? Yeah. 
Especially, it could, be, it could be yeah, it could be gone in the blink of an eye. So like thinking back to Heroes, like everyone was like, yeah, we're gonna compete in Heroes some more, and then Blizzard was like, nope, no more Heroes competitive. So everyone's just like, what do we do now? Yeah, and the people who weren't prepared like definitely got hit the hardest. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of them, a lot of people, especially when they're starting younger, with esports trending even younger now, yeah, like a lot of them aren't thinking about what's in the future. And obviously they're teen, like late teenagers, early twenties, and like. If you're a pro player, like, okay, you think you're set, but then there's still that time frame of, like, when you retire, okay, what now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, even for some people, it's even just, like, comfortable to, to have that because it's always, like, the unknown of the future. And, like, I don't really know what I'm going to do, but I'm not going to think about it. And that kind of puts a strain on you, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, you don't e- – esports careers, you know, they don't last forever. Um, Like, they're relatively short a lot of the time. So yeah, being able to just at least, like, at, at the very minimum, have an idea of what you want to do. But if you, you know – you should optimally also kind of start to build on that as well as yeah, early as possible. Definitely. All right. And then only, I only have a few more questions left. Uh, sure. What is the one thing that you wish you did differently or one thing you wish you would have known when you had started out? Like, oh, yeah, either as a pro or as just like content creation and everything. Yeah. One thing I wish I would have done differently. I wish I would have been, um, Hmm. I wish I would have taken steps to try to like uh be more like scheduled, I guess, like con- consistent cuz mm-hmm. say like even the times like I I streamed like back in the day like it, it was just kind of like oh, okay, I'm done with scrims, like I'll stream like I don't know. I, I just I think value now um wanting to try to make steps to like be a more like balanced person i guess it really just goes down to balance yeah um, i wish i'd like tried to tackle the the, the balance in my life a, a bit better as to you know like combat burning out because there was a time where i i, I burnt out um mm-hmm. pretty pretty severely at one point um yeah i know there's so many things really but i think that's the that's a big one trying to do better about balancing my life yeah i think that's something that i've at least noticed that a lot of pro players and others like that they really struggle with because like it's either all about their game or all about their stream. Okay, how do I make that escape? What's, like, what do I do as an escape? Yeah. Alright, and then... What do you think... Is there anything that has made your, like, streaming or pro play easier? Like, we talk about the balance, but has there anything that you balance that you struggle with? Is there anything that has made it easier for you just to focus on pro play or streaming? Hmm... Any like outside force that's made it easier for yeah, me? Yeah, outside force. Um, hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's uh, let me think about that. That's interesting. Uh, I don't know that there's something that I can really identify on top of my head besides just like I don't know if I like when I started competing and I started doing well. And like much like community support and stuff mm-hmm. like that was really helpful for me to say like I, I have like very close friends of mine who were on the opposite end of the spectrum like they competed like they didn't do well and there was like you know reddit threads like you know being like oh why is this like team like so like shit right and mm-hmm. like you know like wears on them so trying yeah. to yeah uh, i don't know but it's not like really something i had control of it's just i happened to like be doing well so i got like a lot of praise i suppose and that was really like rewarding and justifying for me and like motivated me um uh, as well i think but, yeah that's yeah. great I don't know. um do you use okay so this is 
this was actually a question from my boss because it's like stream b and, and analytics and twitch analytics okay. and everything um do how do you like track like your twitch analytics like do you just use like what twitch has and do you wish like there was more, there was something more in depth with the analytics um yeah i do a bad job at tracking my twitch <laughs> analytics up. i've only used what twitch has yeah and it's useful um and it's like useful for the things that I, that I have looked at before but i'm definitely like not the best person to ask for like what they could have uh, more because i just like don't really do it a lot but yeah, if you want to grow your fine. content it, it is nice like recognize to like be able to 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 track things um save and just like what was your average like viewership or like you know minutes mm -hmm. watched some days where like you I don't know, did something else or like just there's definitely a lot of like trends you can find there which can help you like just improve your content and what kind of content that, that works the best so i yeah. just like don't personally do it that much yeah no that's fine there's actually there's a lot of people who don't even pay yeah. attention <laughs> to it um but yeah that's pretty much all i had growing i really appreciate this like this is great talking to you not only as a fan but i mean getting to know you as a person like yeah. I, I love getting those in-depth kind of talks about mental health and everything. Like this was great. Like I do really appreciate this. Definitely, yeah. I appreciate you, um, you know, reaching out. If you have any follow-ups or anything, uh, be sure to uh, let me know and let me know whenever it's like posted or. Anything. Yeah, I'm hoping to get it out hopefully sometime this weekend. Um, right. Yeah, so I'll probably post it in your Discord or something when it's. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, when it's done. All right, cool. Yeah, that's all I have for you. Thanks. This, again, once again, thank you. This is a big honor yeah. for me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> See ya. No, nah, no problem. Have a good day.